G'day and welcome to the Life of Mind podcast. I'm your host, Matty Michael, and today I've got for you another podcaster with another podcaster interview. I'm talking about Peter Finn. He's host of the full production podcast and managing director of Face Contracting. Now, if you're not subscribed to Finney's social media link pages, yep, for both of the both of the full production and face contracting, make sure you do. Now, it might, might take you half an hour to do it. He's got plenty plenty going on, this bloke. Now, Finney's a, he's another great New South Welshman in his full production podcast. He he tackles all the big issues in mining, and it, it aims at the mining people to get the best out of themselves and not feel like they're just a number in the industry. Now, you're going to love this episode with Finney, and uh, we go off in many tangents about both podcasting and mining, but it's also a great chat about getting yourself into a great spot in both your life and your career. Now, before we get into it, we'll just uh, go over a few Life of Mind toolbox issues. Now, if you haven't started following the Life of Mind Facebook page and LinkedIn pages yet, please do so. And if you're one of my bigger fans, please share the page to your mates and just so we can spread the word about Life of Mine and get it out to everyone. So enough enough of that. So here we go. Strap yourself in for a double dose of Ocka Mining chat with myself and Peter Finn. Let's get into it. Back in the bottle. Copy, ship boss. I got radio check. Yeah, radio's working fine. Yeah, copy all personnel. Yeah, copy, mate. There's a chair in the vent bag. Yeah, stitch her up there. Thanks, mate. Oh no, Finny, my bloody, my, my newfound bromance, I think, how are you, Cobber? <laughs> really good, thanks, mate. I've got a question for you, straight off the bat. Who do you think's a better talker? Oh, jeez, I don't think we sound any different, do we? <laughs> <laughs> I've had the unfortunate experience of having to listen to myself a lot recently, yeah. but uh, it, a couple of good New South Wales blokes like ourselves, yeah. uh, oh, mate, I reckon it's what the country needs. It's what the, it, these posh bloody city folk, they're not delivering <laughs> the message. You know, you need good ochre bloody New South Wales fellas like ourselves getting the yeah. point across to the uh, to the mums and dads of society, I reckon. It's, it's in the, isn't it fucking weird hearing your own voice? Oh, and, and like all day and every day. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I get. I, you sent the YouTube videos that I sent Fruity on Facebook earlier. I even get weird. It took me a good three months to even release them because I was just like, they're just fucking awkward. Well, you look, you got to look at your mel- your own melon too. So. Yeah, yeah, I've definitely, we both definitely got fucking heads for radio, <laughs> that's for sure, or podcasting, but um, yeah, back on the New South Wales thing, mate, yeah, you're right, we're both New South Wales kid, obviously I'm a Cobar kid, and you're an Armidale way, is that right? Oh, near there, mate, yeah, Inverell, yeah. more of the Inverell, Sapphire yeah. City, so about an hour yeah. from Armidale, actually, uh, well, I actually did vac, my vac work at uni was at um, the Hillgrove Mine, Antimony oh, yeah. Gold up at Armidale way, so that was... Um, mate. First intro in the morning, so yeah, it's yeah. A, oh, beautiful part of the world. We just got back from the east coast, and that um, oh, just if I was going to retire, it'd be on the sunny coast or something. It's just beautiful oh, yeah, it's up nice. that way. Nice, isn't it? Um, yeah, well, New South Wales, mate. You got the state of origin over there next week, but you're obviously going to be at work, boys. Yeah, I'm at work, mate. Oh, because what are you, buddy? I saw your profile picture with Billy Slater. I'm, I was a bit concerned after that, Cobar boy. You're not, you're, you're not a Queensland <laughs> supporter, are you, Finney? Nah, nah. So I'll give you a bit of background. Rugby league, obviously, growing up in New South Wales, you'd be quite similar. That rugby league's in my DNA, and and I was very fortunate to play a lot of it growing up, and it actually got me a lot of jobs in the mines, man. To be frank, like when I first started, and I'll get into the story 
later. It was the rugby league community that got me a job as a mill operator or actually a lab technician when I was about 16. I wasn't necessarily the best kid at school. Um, but um, Cobar's got a couple of claims to fame. Um, Nick Kosef. Um, oh, good was, old Manly Seagull player, mate. That fella. What a legend. Yeah, he was a dead set legend, man. And uh, there was another guy um, called Peter Robinson. He still works in Melbourne Storm. So Robbo is actually going to come on the podcast. I should introduce you to him. He was um, a really good bush footy player. And literally, he just one day finished his trade as a baller maker at Coba and was like, you know what? Fuck, I just want to play footy and I want to have a crack at it. Rocked up to Melbourne Storm for a few mutual mates, went to a trial, and they said, what are you doing here, mate? He said, oh, I'm just here to play footy. And just train the house down. A 24-year-old baller maker, like, you know, had it made in the mines. Could have been a local hometown hero. Literally ended up playing NRL. Awesome bloke, man. Like, good family friends of him, um, the Robinsons out at Cobar. And, um, yeah, literally, um, he ended up playing first grade, and he's still there today as a um, as a, as a welfare um, manager part of the club down in Melbourne. So every time I go to Melbourne, I've got a brother-in-law there and a few mates. I always reach out, and, mate, every time I go there, they... they you know, he puts me in some good seats, which is you know doesn't have to do. And he also um, takes me down into the, you know, where the players have um, meals and um, you know beers after the game. And I was very fortunate that I got to sit there and have a couple of really good conversations with guys like Billy. And I'll take my hat off to Billy Slater, whether he's a Queenslander or not. He's actually a really good bloke, man. He actually pulled up, went out of his way, had a beer and a, you know a, a good g'day, and said, you know, you're from Cobar and all this sort of stuff. So he was actually a really genuine um, person. We know I just got a photo of him because he was probably the only real big name that come out of their way. You can see Cam Smith and all the other guys avoiding all the drunk fans that were there with some family members. <laughs> and we're, we're getting pretty cut by that time too, just quietly. Yeah, but that, oh, the Billy Slater, like, even though, like, I'm passionate New South Wales, like, you take out off to, and this, the word, the thing I found most disappointed is when the Roosters crowd were booing him in the grand final, like, this play, he gave so much to rugby league, he pretty much changed how fullbacks played the game. Yeah. And, mate, he's just, as you said, and, like, stories like that just here, and he's a top bloody bloke as well, like, good on him and guys, yeah, there's uh, they get overshadowed by the bloody the dickheads in the league, unfortunately, that are uh, yeah. getting on the piss and getting in the court afterwards. So, yeah, how'd you go uh, playing against the uh, you know, the farming culture in Cobar, mate? There would have been some hard bastards you were getting tackled by when you were 18, eh? Um, yeah, it was pretty, the bush was pretty tough, man. Yeah, we um, Cobar was. Well, yeah, it's funny. It's funny how I talk about farmers in Cobar. You know, Cobar is a mining community and all the councillors are farmers. So, you know, every time the mines bring up something, the council straight into it from a reactive point of view. I don't want to get down the local politics of Cobar because I, I do have a lot of t- time and, um, I guess, passion for, you know, regional Australia in general, especially, you know, when you see towns like um, Cambodia I mean, Cambolder and them sort of places, you know, you see these towns that used to once just breathe life and they're suffering. I had a really good podcast on, on full production with um, John Bowler, the mayor of Kalgoorlie, and, and we had a really good talk about, you know, you know, communities are dying, but, you know, growing up in Cobar, man, it was fucking awesome, hey? Like, rugby league was, you know, the pinnacle. I remember one time, I think the club actually owned a house. It was paying Hudson Smith come from Super League straight to Cobar, you know. It was, um, well, mixing it with cities that were like 30,000, 40,000 plus population like Dubbo. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you're pretty rough, man. Like, Cobar doesn't get much rougher or much west. And, you know, you go and tackle them, some, some Ningen fellas or some Wellington fellas, they definitely got a bit of sting. Um, 
bit of sting, maybe. It was pretty. It was pretty tough sort of upbringing, you know, where you worked your days on and drink your days off. But uh, yeah, yeah, she's uh, a was, bloody working good. class here, all like working class, mining class. So, and that. So the main producer back then, I guess, was the was it the C. I'm not too up on the K bar industry, mate. But um, I gather that yeah. CSA mine's been going uh, about as long as you've been alive, eh? Oh, mate, and then some. You know, it's actually really funny when you break down the history of Cobar and just, you know, um, I'm, I'm a general, me and you are quite similar, just enthusiastic about mining in general. But, you know, Cobar, um, you know, I think Cornish people went there originally. It's got a real interesting story. And, um, yeah, CSA is the, the big one. Glencore runs them. There's um, CBH um, Endeavour out the road, lead and zinc mine. Oh, not the, um, Coo- not the Coogee Bay Hotel, or not in, in Sydney, mate, CBH. Nah. That was my bloody yeah. local stomp oh, around uni. No, yeah, no, anyway, no, sorry, no. continue, mate. Far, you, bring back a, you bring back a few good memories there, yeah, brother. yeah. <laughs> yeah, far from the Coogee Bay Hotel, brother. And then there was the um, the Peak Gold uh, or, or New Gold. It's had a few owners since then. That used to be just a shaft mine originally. I think Rio started that. Um, so they're the three main mines. In saying that, like now there's Nimiji has got a mine out there, uh, Hira, um, Triton, um, Areas Resources. They've got one down the road out near Ningen there. Um, you know, and then there's Broken Hill down the road three or four hours and... Um, you know, they've got a couple of mines there, which I, I you know, they've got CBH, you've got another mine there, um, the Ras mine, and there's Perilia have a mine there as well. So, yeah, you know what? It's, it's surprising how rich that area is for mining operations, you know. And then you start breaking the Dubbo, you know, Alkane Resources there in Dubbo have gone underground. Jason Hughes is their mine manager. He's a good man. Um, you know, North Parks have um, are going through another lift very shortly. They've got some cool stuff happening there. Then you go West Wyalong, you know, the Lake Cow there, Evolution, they're going from surface to underground. Um, just started the decline there. And uh, old mate, uh, our mate's Pie Bar in there. And then you got Katie Reese. And then you've got, you know, Armadale. And then you've got Mudgee. And, you know, the Mudgee leads into the Hunter Valley Coal. So I think people are maybe in the West, and, you know, I hope that's a good overview for people and Lithgow and those sort of areas, and even Wollongong, that New South Wales has a pretty rich mining history behind it and plenty of mines around. Um, and the, be- oh, the, the best thing about it, a lot of them are all re- like good mining towns that are still pumping the residential. WA is such a high FIFO sort of state, whereas in New South Wales, you've got great opportunities to live in these mining towns and go home and see your missus and kids every night. Well, you know, I, I, I actually, I'll, we'll talk about Bowdo's podcast as we get going because I actually listened to it last night. And, um, you know, it's funny. It's, it's, I always break people down. And um, to obviously I'm an underground kid, you know, being from Cobar, but I always break people down to why, you know, you know, people ringing out and want a dollar or two more for another job, and it's like, mate, you know, I get, I usually get it from the Orange and Parks guys, who, you know, obviously one mine towns, and when you're in one mine towns, there sort of feels like a bit of insecurity there to where the job could be. When you go to a town like Cobar, you can work in um, multiple towns or multiple mines, and you got options, same as Kalgoorlie. But you say to guys like, fuck, do you know where Cobar is, mate? You won't be home every night. You know, you're going to be away for seven days. But, you know, if you really want, you know, having a young family and you want that residential lifestyle, mate, there's some really good towns around. West Wyalong, Parks, Orange, Cobar's still got a good community. Um, you know, Ningen's a good town. You know, there's, there's, you're right. But the rosters are still like seven and seven. And you see a lot of people, I have a lot of a, a really large drive-in, drive-out workforce. And, you know, we've got to do better at selling the mining industry in general, but we also got to do better at selling our communities to why people should live there. But, you know, humans have got to get back to their, you know, us as miners especially, you've got to get back to the basic fundamentals of life. If you haven't got your, your mental health, your physical health, or your emotional health, you got fuck all. You can have all the money in the world, you can go and earn $2 more or whatever with me, but 
you know, it's just be, you know, if you're money motivated, it's, it's usually a pretty shallow reason. And uh, I think if you if you're coming, you're looking for looking at being home every night, like you said, and um, having career progression, and you know, enjoying your work, and you know, hanging around your family, which what matter the most, and not missing out on them key moments in life, then yeah, mate, New South Wales has a, an abundance of opportunity and, and plenty of resources and good towns that you can live residentially. Yeah, and you wouldn't have to talk about bloody AFL and shit either with uh, like every bastard <laughs> does in Perth, but yeah, mate, and there's. <laughs> there's just I assume it's <clears throat> I assume it's all picked up in uh, New South Wales as we've seen in WA and like look this is well uh, there's no as we know there's no chronological order we've got to follow in this podcast what are we I just see there's a bit of a responsibility of blokes like you and myself uh, doing podcasts of uh, you know promoting mine and, and I've talked about it with Shane McClay it's like you you got to think of grassroots like getting in I think we've got to get into schools and start promoting mine and getting people into it like him because there's just the skill shortage when especially if nickel takes off there's there's only going to be half the blokes available and twice the machines I think so have you seen that on your end a bit Finney? Fuck mate here we go I'll give you I'll give you a fucking state of the nation um the you know, a little while ago, I was living in, living in Perth, uh, kicking off the arm. I've got an office in Perth and a few things, um, you know, in St. George's Terrace and looking at doing a few things around Cal. So you talk about AFL. I've actually picked up a bit of AFL, mate. I've got a lot of uh, – I've actually jumped on the West Coast bandwagon. Um, some people probably won't like that, but uh, I've got a lot of mates, uh, obviously, Kalgoorlie and WA fellas, and they've got me hooked into them. Um, a couple of people that are dirty that they didn't get me for the Dockers. But anyway, I, I, I know enough about AFL to bluff my way through a conversation, but it was funny <laughs> – when I when I was over there, you know, everyone was talking about sustainability, you know, and um, you know, sustainability in the mine industry, creating more certainty because humans have got two feelings, Matt. They got certainty and uncertainty, and um, you know, we want to, you know, they all started talking about, you know, creating, you know, sustainability and, and a lot more certainty around the industry. And I think uh, if you're gonna carry a practical skill set and be a good worker, you're always going to have work. But, you know, it's funny. They all talked about sustainability and then like a fucking hangover, three months later, all these people had a brand new billion-dollar project. And it's like, where the fuck the sustainability in that? You know, all of a sudden now we're creating more jobs for people who are ill-educated and don't know how to use their money properly and they develop lifestyle habits where they become dependent on the big money. How many jump operators do you know that have earned big money and brought all these houses and cars and boats and the market's gone to shit and all of a sudden they've gone through a divorce, they're depressed, they probably fucking hate their reality and started taking drugs, you know, and... Fucking all, too, all too common, control. mate. All too common. Oh, just... mate, the story, the story's horrendous, man. You know, I said to a mine manager the other day, I said, you know, who's the drug dealer around here? I said, the, you know, people take drugs to escape reality. He said, you create their reality. So because their reality's so shit, they go home and take drugs. So, you know, he put it back on them going, what are you doing to create the environment that brings the best out of people? And this is just a general conversation with a, with, with a couple of guys that I know and mates. And, you know, you get the, you see their eyes start ticking over like, fuck, are we actually doing enough to create the environments that bring the best out of people? But, you know, I, I, you, know you look at the perception of mining from an outside mining point of view. Um, you know, Vale, right? Um, vale killed, what, 230 people a couple of years ago on that Tails Dam slip over in Brazil? Mate, you know, it made the paper, made the news headlines, whatever. But, you know, that doesn't just affect Vale as a company. That affects the whole mining industry. You know, I live in New Zealand. This is a pretty well-predominant non-mining country. 
And you hear these people talk to me about, you know, mining is just nothing but a, a money grab and, you know, environmental wrecking fucking machine. And it's like, well, hang on, you know, mining gives a lot too. You know, it gives back to our communities. It gives back to people. And, I, you know, I give them an example about, you know, what mining does give. I say, turn, go turn your lights on at home. I say, it's made out of copper. You know, the power is powered by coal. Put your phone down. It's probably got a lithium battery in it and it's got a bit of gold in it. You know, it's all this combination that people don't understand how much mining actually gives to the to the world. But it's also a state of mind around us as individuals and you go back to the people side of it. Um, you know, 5 billion people, Matt, live on less than $5 a day and are, are happy, you know. And um, we live... You know, in, in Western society, if you earn anything over 70 grand a year, you develop social issues. So the reality of it is, you know, here we are, got guys complaining about the, complaining about the camp food. Yeah, which I, I get it can, you know, be shit at times. But, you know, you're getting paid to eat food. Some, some people are waking up in this world and, you know, don't even know what they're going to do for food the very next week. You know, so the and, – and are still happy. And it's funny, you know, I – you know, we, we sort of created our own culture, which is not necessarily a good one. And, and it's changing again. You know, I done a keynote speak a little while ago to um, some tradesmen. And I said to these tradesmen, I said, oh, kids today. I said, you know, what are they like? And they're all like saying, you know, they're unresilient. They're on their phone. They're, 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 they're lazy. And, you know, they're, or they're useless. And I sort of said, right, what do you think tradesmen said about you when you are coming through as a kid or as an apprentice? And, and the reality of it is they said the exact same thing. You know, they said, oh, so, you know, what are we doing different to be able to change the perception of mining and change the our culture to how people are treated and, you know, make the industry better as a whole? Like, you know, mining, fuck, mate, it's given me my life. You know, I'm I'm no different to you. I'm, I'm you know, from zero to, you know, from zero to 34, I've done nothing but mining. You want to talk mining? Pick a topic. Let's talk about it because there's fucking heaps to talk about. Yeah. Oh, mate, and it's just, as I said, the opportunities, but even Turnsy alluded to it um, in his episode, like any any sort of stuff that people are going through, like whether it's depression or just troubles at home, like mining being away from just exacerbates all those. And it's, as you said, it's the it's the responsibility of the of the companies to, you know, provide that provide that workplace and encourage people to talk about. It. No, look, I think it's got a shitload better. Like, and, and I talked about it with uh, Posse, Steve Posnick yesterday. You know Steve, wouldn't you, old dirty no. old man? Gee, I've heard that name. Yeah, yeah he's the T-shirt guy. Interviewing him yesterday, and he's, he's actually. A, I did see. I seen him shared the post actually on yeah. Facebook. Oh, he's such a he's massive campaigner for mental health, and um, oh mate, it's it's definitely got a bit better with all like you know the are you okay days and and all that at least and the the culture's changing, but it's uh, as you said, you got to you got to keep driving at home. You got to keep having these uh, having these talks, and oh, as you said, when people start get that culture in there when they're whinging about the bloody food being shit on site. That's just, just toxic. The miss, the missus keeps telling me, she says, oh, I would love to go away and work what you do because uh, we get fed up the arse while we're away. All our dinner's cooked for us. Plates plates are washed yeah. up and, uh, oh, it's a bloody piece of piss. Living living the dream. It's the best it's well, the best best you can get, I reckon, for bloody well, being I'll away. I'll tell you what it is. It's, it's living in the state of appreciation, man. 
Righto, so gratefulness. So you go to the gym and you want to lose weight, you can't go to the gym once and lose weight, righto? You got to go consistently. So your mind's no different from a muscle or a, you know trying to lose weight point of view. If you practice gratefulness every day and appreciation to how fucking lucky you've got it, like yep, I've got a roof over my head, I've got internet, I've got clothing me back, I've got love in my life, I've got all the basic fundamentals that I need to be happy, and you practice that every day, um, it's amazing what it does from a mindset point of view to how you approach approach it rather than going in there and being the negative reactive fucking bloke and going fucking ill man this fucking bacon and eggs is shit and it's like can't shut up and go to work and do something because the reality of it is they just fucking like that in life in general and they bring everybody else down so i'll give you this statement it's sort of like show me your friends and i'll show you your future and if you hang around fucking tired, complacent, reactive people, what do you become? You've been around them. We've all been around them. You hang around certain people long enough, you end up becoming who, who you know who you hang around. Exactly. Look, mate, I'm at bloody Len- Leinster at the moment, and the food there is the best food I've ever had. And yeah. you still hear people whinge about it, and ah, oh, just it's a bloody broken record. Oh, any anyway, there's and, a and, and, and this and, is what I'm and, all about too. Finny is just yeah. getting this the awareness of like, and that's why I'm keen to do the finance episodes. And when you're talking about drugs and shit before, it's just the amount of money that's been like hard earned money from guys in the guys and girls in the resources sector that's been, and and look, I'm one of them myself it's been wasted on bloody bad financial decisions bloody drug dealers <laughs> making money out of people in the mine and like yeah. it's just they yeah. say and even cigarette companies like it's just all about promoting these these better choices that we are there, there's so many out there because oh you just and as you said you see so many guys in their 60s they've got 40 years worth of mining experience they've been divorced and they haven't got a fucking cent to their name yeah you, you imagine imagine yourself getting a bloody 60 after all this hard work and then still scratching around to try and get a decent super balance it's uh you know, it's it's funny i could just give a quick story on me old man i interviewed dad's dad's about 70 now um and, um, you know, I interviewed his life to about his life. And for, so, so you look at life, it, it's broken up. And I always say the motto, um, live life like it's a second time round. Righto? And um, I, I broke dad's life up from 10, from zero to 10 to what he remembered. From 10 to 20, 20 to 30. And it spent like a good 10 hours, dude, interviewing the whole lot about each stage of his life. And you should, at the end of it, you could see his eyes and tears were there. And he's like, fuck, he's like... I've just lived life subconsciously. I've just gone to work and drank beers with me mates and now all of a sudden I've got a health problem and I, you know, I'm going to struggle to move forward, you know, and, and, you know, you see it in these old guys that have gone through divorces and, you know, committed their life, overwatered that, you know, work life where they, you know, work their days on and drink their days off and, you know, don't change their ways or try and be a better person. And all of a sudden, you know, it takes an effect on maybe, a, you know, a relationship they've had or a child they've had and everything. Like, how many people do we know that have gone through divorces? You know, it's a, we've got to be doing things differently. And, you know, you know, here in Baldo talking his podcast, that's a really interesting story. And obviously me and him are probably, I guess, competitors to a certain certain stint but also i'll give i'll take my hand off to the bloke he's always had his door open and always said g'day and and you get a few keyboard warriors on fucking facebook and he always he's even backed me up a couple of times and sort of like well fuck you know i'll take my hand off to the guy but you hear him talk about how his story evolved you know unfortunately he had an accident but it's also back down to 
you know, them shift bosses or their middle management that deal with people from a day-to-day point of view to how they relate to them and how they bring the best out of them. So creating that environment that brings the best out of people, that is key to anyone's operation. Absolutely anyone. There's one thing that I do when I onboard a new client. The bet this is why I started the podcast is one reason is you know, get people on here, have have interesting conversations. But not only that, you know, have the conversation um, to be able to understand, like go to their wet mess, go for a beer and a food, stay a night in their camp, go underground and see what the conditions are like. So at least when you go in there and go and sell them, you know, go, try and get labor hire in, you know what mentality they've got to take before they go in there. You know, and one of the advantages of having the podcast, and I'll give you an example, you know, say if I was giving you guys some, you know, say, say you remind me, I'm going to give you some truck drivers, I'll say, you know, or superintendent, I'll say, oh, righto, mate. Here's episode 12, episode 12 of full production I make everybody listen to because it gives a better insight to who I am and why I do my shit and you know, why, why face and why I move forward. And, and they, they always say the same response from a psychological point of view. I've got a whole track record of it. And then I say, yeah, by the way, man, you're going to go work for Matt. He's a podcast on Matt. So the first thing they do is listen to me. They know what I'm about. Then they know what you're about. And they walk up to Matt and say, hey, Matt. I heard your podcast on Finney, you know, on full production. And then all of a sudden you're like, well, fuck, you know, he's gone out of his way to, you know, find out who his boss is going to be and, and, and how I like things, you know. And, and, and how does that make you feel as a boss then? You think, well, this bloke's done the legwork to even know what it's like to come into a new environment. And you know what it's like when you go to a new workplace or a new environment. It's always awkward when you know no one. You always never forget the first bloke that goes out of their way to make you feel welcome. How many times have you made a friend just from meeting them in an induction? Or oh, even that, but even even making a friend when you're walking out, you're like, hey, mate, where's the fucking bus leave from? And that's usually <laughs> yeah. that bloke's your best mate after that. Yeah. Or bloody, it's you, yeah. bloke or lady. I said this to Helen yesterday. I keep getting fallen in the trap of bloody, I'm trying to say crew and be not gender specific, but it's uh, yeah. it's so bloody hard because mining's such oh. a, you know, you always say yeah. the boys and all that, but I'm, uh, it's obviously there's, there's some, a uh, lot of, uh, a lot of ladies that work underground as well. So, so I'm, well, try, I'm trying my artist. I'll keep reiterating it. Oh, but mate, I'm, I'm the same, dude. I'm so happy to hear your podcast about underground mining because it just, for me personally, I talk to a lot of different levels of um, people, like from, you know, CEOs right down to, you know, um, knockabout people. And to see just a specialised underground mining podcast, and um, fuck, it makes me happy. Yeah. Just to, just from a genuine point of view, it's easy just to be myself. And uh, I want to talk about females and mining real quickly. So Helen Fitzroy, good friend of mine. Absolute um, legend, isn't she? A uh, bloody legend. L- Legend, mate. One of the first guests that come on my podcast, um, Fitzy was, and uh, me and her are really good friends, and I'm very fortunate I've known her for a long time now. Um, but you know, I grew up with six sisters, of all things. Um, you know, I had six sisters, and I was the only boy. So you think I'd have some idea how females work? I absolutely got nothing, my friend. Um, men, men are quite simple, Matt. They're food, sex, and beer, and we're pretty well done. Um, and um, you know, we, we really are yin and yang, um, the females. But I'll tell you one thing: females have done. They've cleaned, they've cleaned the workplace up from a standard point of view. They've really brought a persona that we needed to not be so um, testosterone, ego-driven fucking men. You know, they've brought a different calmness to the to the to the work environment. But not only have they brought a different calmness to the work environment, they're actually really good fucking operators. 
like I got some friends that are bog operators that are female and truck drivers and whatever, mate. You know, and even even pit ram, they do certain roles really well. I'm not trying to box them into certain roles. Like some some of the roles, and you know yourself being a jump operator, are pretty physically demanding. Um, and you know, I think I think females in mining. I know I know the mining industry, you know, has been big on it. I think it's, the more females we get involved in our industry, the better we'll be. Yeah. Oh, mate. Look, some of the best stuff I learned off on the jumbo and more about attitude and everything was off a bloody chick called Renee Coleman and uh, yeah. Renee Prime now she is and she was a jumbo op at uh, Telfer mate you'd walk into when she was operating and just everything's quiet everything's just there's no boom slapping anything there's no <laughs> fucking shit fuck bloody kicking shit and mate she was just smooth as anything and just it, it was the and it just really taught me like and she taught me how to you know look after the rig and just how to be and mate it's just whereas you you know you get the blokes that are bloody swearing and and everything and oh mate she was a she was a gun and mate when you talk about um physical demands i reckon she'd uh drop any one of us if we <laughs> looked at a side but yeah she's an absolute legend i think she's she's a mother now she's retired but yeah i learned an absolute shitload off her um, you, you got a you got a kid too. You got a you got a baby yeah, daughter. Yeah, we just boy. got a seven month old daughter, and uh, got yeah. the young fella. He's seven. Um, yeah, so yeah, no, cool. she's uh, bloody yeah, love it, love it, yeah. mate, love it. And you're you're a bit the same, eh? You're a young, yeah. young father yourself. Well, it's funny, and that's where you get back. You know, I got I got uh, um, two and a half year old. Um, and a one-year-old and a boy and a girl and um, you know having a girl is back on that female topic you know and and Renee mate truthfully you should get Renee on your podcast because I definitely have her on mine just I've never met a a female jump operator I'll be straight up she's a legend absolute legend and she played rugby for the Western Force as well she's uh, she's her and uh, I have asked her so I've got to she she lives up during Bay now I'll have to go make the trip up there if if she's listening Renee bloody give us a bell mate yeah yeah ah awesome now how's how's your how's your family going, Finny? You got two, one girl or two? No, two, I got a girl and a boy. Annabelle's uh, two and a half, and um, Blake's one. Yeah, um, yeah I got a Blake. Different. Our young fella's Blake as well. Oh, this oh, is, this is, is just meant to be, Finny. Are they bloody easy yeah. sleeping through yet? The big fella or bloody Nelly, man, Nelly. Um, yeah, he's not too far away. Me, me wife Rachel. Um, it's a, it's a, you know, she'll never listen to this, but she's a fucking champion, and, and she's got the kids into a really good routine, mate. Like it, you know, you don't realize. We, I know you talked about it, and when we first spoke, and I, I do a lot of um, self improvement, you know, especially around the fields of, um, um, I guess, psychological fields, and and probably just general well being. And you know, you talk about sleep, you know, and sleep's absolutely critical to how I function and how I feel, you know. And it's all that you know. You you know yourself when you eat a shit meal, you're gonna feel shit. You know, eat a, eat a Eat a chicken burger, you're going to feel shit. Eat a steak and salad, you're going to feel good. Have a rough night's sleep, you're going to have a rough day. Have a good night's sleep, you're going to have a good day. So, um, you know, it's been tough, especially the last probably three years having young kids, but we're at the other end of it now. Um, but, you know, I always say to people, and probably something that I haven't been to myself, is be kind to yourself. I understand that, you know, this is going to happen. You know, don't probably plan on having, I probably don't plan on going for this again in life, mate. I don't plan on having young kids again. And um, you know, um, I'd like to th- try and appreciate and, and enjoy the the moments. You know, it's funny, how, you know, how it's changed me as well from a outlook on life. You know, I've knocked back so many opportunities that you know I've always wanted because. You know, you got to weigh it up from a value point of view. You know, I, I live life by a set of values, which is you know, um, 
um, you know, health and self-improvement. So the better person I can be is the better person I can be for everybody else. Um, the second thing I work on is my relationships because the only thing in life you take out of life uh, is the relationships. Um, the, the third one is um, my uh, my work fronts um, to be able to impact and influence th- this world. And I'm so sorry, let me rephrase it. Family second, obviously, the, you know, looking after me, immediate family after me, self improvement. Because when the reason why I say self improvement at the start is because. You need to be the best version of yourself for me to be the best version for anybody else outside of that. You know, your family, your mates, whatever. And then there's family, then it's relationships, and then it's me work fronts. And when you when you justify, you know, why you're doing something because it's linked to a value to what's important to you, then it's so much easier. And in the first couple of times when I do a lot of flying around around the world these days um, with face. Um, you know, you fly away and you know, man, you do it week in, week out. Fucking the boys do it week in, week out. i got guys that do it. And you leave your loved ones at home. You're leaving the missus and kids. You know, you're away for half a year. You know, and this is where I take my hat off to you because I know what you're going through right now. You're, you're on your days off fucking pushing hard and I take my hat off to you that, you know, you want to get this podcast off the ground, you want to have impact, you want to have influence, but it's fucking tough going. You know, your missus, obviously a lovely lady brought you a coffee um, halfway through the podcast is probably seeing that as well, you know. You're um, putting yourself out there, no different to me, to be able to try and make us better. And I don't know if you've had any negative feedback and it's sort of hard for me because I I wear two badges. I wear a company man and I also wear an influence band. And and um, you know it's it's um it's hard work, man. It's you, you're pushing yourself out of your comfort zone to you know chew up quality time with your family and friends. And you know I'm no different. So when I fly away from my work, I I'm really in tune to why I do it now and and how how much I can take from a fresh old point of view. I remember talking to uh, as an example, I remember talking to Fitzy about Steve, her partner, and she sort of said, you know, I said, how do you go talking about it all the time? She goes, you, you got to understand you your own personal thresholds when you talk about tough conversations. And I, I remember thinking about that, and and obviously when I had a, a, a revisited. I, some reason, you know, funny how statements stick in your head, you know, and um, where they stick in from. I remember thinking to myself, like, I can go away from my family for about a week, dude. I used to do two weeks or whatever. Just yeah, go I'm away. The, and try I'm and the be same. Really one week's the one week's the limit. Yeah, and even then, it's too much. Like, and so we've made a rule that if I go away any longer than a week, I pay extra money and try and bring them with me. But sometimes that doesn't always work from a viability point of view because the kids are in daycare, you know, they got life and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, it's it's um, you know, as I say to guys, when you get home on from work, you know, everyone knows the first day off you're just fucked. You know, you just want to lay around and do nothing. But turn your phone off, get the fuck off Facebook. And hang out and be presence with the people that matter the most. Yeah. Oh, you know, mate, it's all. Yeah, you, you've hit the nail on the head, as you know. It's just uh, you're you're the, you'd be the busiest man in Australasia as well. Like it's just it is so much work, and but it's all. But the the best thing about it is it's it's awesome work to do on the side. Like I'm having such a ball, even though the the missus wants to punch me in the throat half the time because I'm bloody uh, doing all this uh, work and probably not spending as much quality time as I used to. But it's um it's all. For for the all for the greater good and uh, but yeah no as she said she can't she still gets me a coffee I bloody love it love it a bit so just uh, you just gotta 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 ma- give her a massage every now and then but it's uh, look it's it's just a it's the new thing podcasting's the new thing and just uh, having blokes like yourself and me, myself and uh, it's 
we're just getting across so many messages and people people want to hear it like mine and people the the way i look at it my, people want to listen to who they know and it's we're we're getting guys on that are you know industry industry legends i guess the, and yeah. people want to people just want to hear their story and they they love it all. and when you talk about <coughs> feedback oh, i haven't even got one bit of negative feedback yet and I, I, which i can't believe i thought it would have been just the the big joke on social media but i've um i've just been so grateful for the <coughs> everything that's the feedback that everyone's given me so it's yeah. uh yeah have you have you been uh have you yeah, yeah, how did you go, go mate did you get any yeah, bloody no, uh I, negative ones I, on your part when you first started yeah, not when I first started. When I got so I've got anywhere. I've got a, a pretty large audience now. Like you know, and I do a variety of people from you know fifteen to thirty thousand listeners a week. It depends on who comes on. I, I you don't remember I podcast full time. Okay, so I'm a mining kid that yep I own a company. Yep, a, a, you know company still does its direction. And I also I podcast. And I, I, me and you will talk more offline about how we can um, work together and be able to have more impact. Because for me, and this is something that I you know dug really deep from from a vulnerability point of view. When the why is deep enough to why you do something, the how's not an issue. So for me, you know, when I go to work, when I go, to, it's it's not, it's not anything. It's not it's not work. It's not a chore. It's not, you know, you know when you have a conversation with someone, and it feels like you're pulling teeth, and then you have other conversations with people, and it goes really quick. You know, um, I think that when the why is deep enough, the how's not an issue, and that just makes me really excited about you know running, meeting guys like you, and and seeing the difference. And what happened? What what I just found was you know Australia's got a big um, um, tag of you know oh, you know you see it in companies. Oh fucking you know face first fucking burn cut off pie bar or bar minko. Like, at the end of the day. They're all the same. They're all the same people. They're all doing the same shit. Like, you know, as soon as you stop seeing people as competitors and you start seeing them as peers, mate, the better. Like, I, I'm all about enabling. And unfortunately, this country um, sometimes can have a bit of a, or even the world can have a bit of a negative mindset, you know. I asked you the question when I first met you, you know, and I'll ask you again now. You know, how, how much of the mining industry do you think carries a negative mindset out of oh, a percentage? Oh, and I think you, I remember you quoting me the figure, but it'd be. Yeah, I think it's about half, easily, yeah, easily half. Well, my number is about seventy percent, you know. Yeah. And and then, you know, so here, me and you are fucking trying to pioneer away against a lot of negativity and trying to lead by example. Like if you're the person that's bringing people down and making it hard for them, like just for your own entertainment, you're the person that's you know really creating a reality that shift for someone else. And uh, you know, for for me. Um, um, the the podcast is you know um, you know a really good way to develop really good relationships and have uh, convey a, a real relatable message because relatability is key, dude. And I talk about it in my values. You know, the only thing you take out of life, you're on your deathbed, have all the fucking money in the world, bro. It doesn't matter. The only thing you'll take out, go remember that fucking Matt guy I met from Inverell on that podcast, and that's all you'll take. Like, is the relationships with, with your kids, your mum and dad, and and life in general. And uh, I honestly think about that a lot because it's legacy. You know, I'm here once i don't know when the number's up you know how many people do we know should be sitting around having a beer and having a laugh of us that are no longer here because of an accident or death or you know when the big fellas tapped them on the shoulder and um you know when you when you start thinking about them people you think fuck 
Life's too short not to run at it. Life's too short not to enjoy it to the f- fullest. And, uh, you know, that's the big reason why I podcast for full production and, and, and continue with face because I want to make a difference and um, be able to resonate not to the only just the current market but the future future market. And when I talk about the future market, I encourage you and I encourage everybody to go look at um, Deloitte's done a report 2019-2018 about millennials and zennials. Mate, we've got a whole other generation of people coming through that are just different altogether so you know we can get nervous about it or we can get excited about to what they bring to the table and trying to evolve with it and that even come from a culture point of view and i'll give you a quick example here um before i um uh, move on to the negativity stuff about about the people that have given me decent sprays but you know i remember running an old foreman i won't mention his name because he's a grumpy old fucker actually i think every every foreman's a grumpy old fucker oh you got every bastard whinging (laughs) to you every fucking day wanting to to get on the jumbo so yeah i'd reckon it'd be pretty grumpy too so Anyway, this foreman, um, he used to fucking ride me, actually. Um, I was a nipper and young fella. And anyway, long story short, he, um, I went to I do labor high there that now, and uh, I walked up to him, and this, this truck driver, he wasn't really sick. He was just fucking the dog, to be frank. And, and long story short, you know, old, old fella just pats you on the back. He goes, oh, you go home, mate. Come back tomorrow. And I said, fuck, mate. If I'd done that when I was working for you, you would have just fucking tore me a new one right there and then. And he just simply said, mate, I've had to change because if I don't change, he's not going to come back tomorrow and I'm not going to be able to throw them bolts or get that truck done. Like he started to realize that you can't keep on doing the same things the same way because if you keep on doing the same things the same way, you know, you always do what you've done. You always get what you've always gotten. So we've got to change and, you know, um, we've got to do something different to get something different. That's no different to me. I want to do something different because I want to get something different. And um, I don't know how that how that's going to pan out and how it's going to look, but put it this way, I'm going to roll the dice. And you know, back on the flip side of you know <laughs> the backlash, yeah, you know, as your audience gets bigger, you know, I've had a few old time miners that you know probably sunk about twelve fucking big bots and have decided to send me a Facebook and going, oh, you've done yourself a fucking disservice by having this guy on the podcast. And it's like fucking you, would you keyboard warrior? You know what I mean? Like you know, it's these guys that you know they need ten people or a platform to be able to voice their opinion but they'd never say it to you privately you know and i just think you know people need an audience to be validated that way and um yeah so you, i have had a bit of backlash dude i have had a bit of the reactive stuff but that's only because of how big the reach is and that's a good indicator for me that i've hit a few chords in that guy there that he needs to be better and you know that's where he's in, that's where his issues lie or internally um and they and they and they do it does suck it sucks you know but i'm not going to let one shit person affect how i feel because if you let the shit people affect how you feel well then you let the shit people win don't you that's it and look and i've i haven't been i haven't lied in the when i've presented my episodes it's i'm not getting on here saying and i'm sure you were the same as yo you mightn't be you might just be a freak of nature finny but bloody uh look I, i was that guy back in the day i was that negative bloody shit bloke on mine sites when i was younger just like shit attitude and like just a know it all engineer just a bloody dickhead really and i reflect on it now and i'm just i'm not not coming into this podcast saying i'm i'm someone i wasn't i'm just i'm at a better awesome spot now but it's just like well and I, the way i think it's like well if i just had someone someone listening to maybe a podcast might have just turned me around a bit earlier and i guess that's what the the stuff the the power you can have on this uh podcast medium you can uh we've got the ability to maybe influence the way people act underground and uh 
yeah, maybe get them to that get them to that point a bit earlier. I said it to Ellen. It's like, why can't people? Everyone gets that thing, that attitude, saying, "Oh, look, it all changed when I had kids." It's like, well, <laughs> well, let's let's try and get people to change before they have kids, just because yeah. they want to change. Well, let's talk about the power of reflection, right? Are you um, you're the same age? You're 30, 34, 33? Yeah, uh, thirty two, brother. Thirty two. Yeah. So you, so how did a twenty two year old Matt think? Oh mate, rip rip terrible bust, bloody on the piss hard every night, battling the breath though, just fucking wasting all my money on break on the pokies, like just an absolute just rip tear like but and it's funny the I don't want to like relate myself to Ben Cousins, but the the the, the way he explained when he was going through, because I had a very addictive personality, and it was yeah. used for both positives and negatives. And and uh, look, the positives was I bloody was addicted to school, so I did well at school. Then I bloody I was addicted to the jumbo, so I bloody worked my ass off to get on the jumbo. But that addictive personality is the same stuff that drove me into the negative stuff, like bloody drinking yeah. and smoking and gambling and yeah. all the all the other bloody shit and it's just yeah it's and that's that's that 20 21 year old matt that you speak of and you as you say the power of reflection i wish i got there a bit five years earlier so so now now this is the real case this is the real key righto is to be able to stand on the shoulder of giants so i i talk to everybody men from like you know uh, 60 year old men 70 year old men from all walks of life and you can always get the attributes or the value from someone, dude. Someone's always got something to offer. So what I say to you now as a 32-year-old, this is what I do, and I do a lot of, you know, I can, I can talk a lot of weird shit, but I try not to talk too much oh, weird shit. You would, I wouldn't have picked it, Fitty. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't want to talk a lot of weird shit to um, my mining demographic because they already think I'm fucking weird enough as it is. But, um, you know, like something you should do is go and talk to someone who's 42, you know, or someone who's 52 and say, hey, look, fuck on. 32, you know, what What? What did you regret not doing between 32 and 52? And, you know, what do you think I should do? Because this is what I'm passionate about and this is how I want to live my life. And then start asking them questions because, you know, the rules are the quality of questions you ask yourself is the quality of life you're living. And I don't mean just asking questions of what kind of underwear you're going to wear. Like, asking sort of questions are like, fuck, how do I want to live my next 10 years you know what do i want to do do i want to be on the jumbo you know how do i want to live my life and you know I, i'll give you some examples to you know live in a perfect life i'll tell you one thing there's a real basic step listeners can do you can do of your missus is, is sit down and write down how you'd see your perfect life in the next five years or how you see your life in the next five years and then get your missus to do the same thing to how she'd see her life in the next five years and then you cross over and you read hers and she reads yours and then you sort of can then have a conversation or dialogue to about like you know I done it a few years ago with my missus and she's like oh fuck I didn't know you wanted to captain coach a, a rugby league or a rugby union side and I was like yeah so I did it she went we went went and captain coach a, oh, actually a, a reserve grade side then I went down a third grade. I don't two years in a row. Oh, and, thirsty thirds, mate. That's the exact oh, spot fuck, for you, brother. I reckon that. <laughs> they were hung over as fuck every time. They were hard to coach, and it sort of you know actually it made me realise I couldn't go any lower from a grade point of view because it become really. Un- I actually stepped away from the, that sport now altogether <laughs> for a while. But you know it was good fun. Don't get me wrong. But you know it, what it does though, it gives you that clarity to start having these conversations to be able to move forward in a direction that's um, to be better or to be able to create a lifestyle that you want to live. Because if you don't write this stuff down or have these conversations, you're just going to go to work and go through the motions, aren't you? And then one day you're going to be 70 and, and, you know, be fucking like, fuck, I just went through the motions. And that's what I say to people. Go on. We've got the, we've got the ability now to stand on the shoulder of giants and say, fuck, righto, I'm 34. 
what how do I, what, what do I want to do? How do I want to move forward? And that's that's ultimately what it comes down to. Is being able to, you know, stand on their shoulders and look back and think, right, this is my life. How do I want to run it? Yeah, no, nah, that's a that's a well, that's a that's an awesome awesome way of explaining it. And look, if there's any twenty two year olds out there that want to talk to a thirty two year old that fucked everything up, I'm, I'm your man. Give us a message because oh mate, you're not the, I'll be truthful. You want to get into my own personal story? Yeah, mate, I fucking can relate, mate. I I've never earned anything less than seventy grand a year since the age I was sixteen. And seriously, the amount of fucking social issues that developed for me was absolutely incredible. Like you know, the amount of blood money that I've blown up the wall fuck mate great time don't get me wrong plenty of great laughs plenty of fucking wow times really um, good memories too I still like thinking about and laughing about them today as you do when you're a young fella but the reality of it is um, gee I was not resourceful at all and I wasn't appreciative of how good I had it and, yeah exactly um, you know, and, but I, and I look and it's I'm I've got a, my little brother, he's 18, and he's just, he's got a, thank God he's got his head screwed on. I don't think my mum could have handled another one, but uh, <laughs> he's, I just, I talked to him and um, I, I reflect on those early 20s and I said, mate, the, I look back at the blokes, the, those one, that 1% one of fellas, and it probably was one, maybe, there's, there's bugger all, there's only a few of them, and you just looked at them, they were just smart, they never gambled, they never took drugs, they never did anything, and the the rest of, rest of us were just going with the flock, And but you look yeah. back on those blokes now, and you think how unbelievable these these young fellas were to have such a good head on their shoulders at 21, and you're like, mate, imagine those guys at bloody 32, and I just that's what I say to me little brother, I said, mate, if you can be one of those few blokes that's got his head screwed on like that, you're just gonna you're just gonna absolutely kick ass in life because the rest of us have got to thirty and then figured it out, mate. The guys yeah. that have figured it out in their early twenties, take take me out off to them, and that just that that stuff like to relate that to mine, and you get those those sort of guys with head on their shoulders in the mining industry from a young age and they're mate they're on the jumbo by the time they're 27 they're just just machines because their their attitude just bloody is oh just is infectious through the joint and they're well, just uh, it's, absolute it's, champions it's it's a risk profile thing too isn't it you know like how how dodgy was young matt as a 22 year old compared to you know now how how safe you are at work and how you conduct yourself you know i never used to get why fucking you know guys used to pull me up and chew me all the time because Probably I was being a fucking, you know, typical underground service crew fucking truck driving fuckwit and they were pulling me out because I was putting probably someone else at risk, you know, and I probably wasn't aware of it because of my own risk profile, you know. Um, and, yeah, ultimately, dude, you, you've hit the nail on the head. Your risk profiles change and your perception changes of life as you go through it. And the only way you can only way you can figure that out, hindsight, it's a beautiful thing, isn't it? We wouldn't have, we wouldn't have uh, ticked up all them debts and had all them fucking crazy times if, if we knew anything different. But, you know, even the older guys, I never, I know you're probably the same, I never had many older guys come down and tell us not to do this shit. And I, th- I feel like I- I'm obligated, and I think you're the same, is to go to these younger generations and say, hey, come to the mining game, but don't do what we fucking did. You know, do this. And trust me, you can still have a good time, but just don't go fucking overboard. Yeah, exactly. And it's, oh, and it's, but it's trying to, unfortunately, I personally was, I always used the excuse like I've got to figure it all out for myself. Well, you know, someone's telling you to the better path, but it doesn't sink in until you actually figure it out yourself. That's what I was like with smoking, until I made the conscious decision to stop smoking. I didn't, and no matter what anyone told me, it just didn't really sink in. But it's, uh, mate, I reckon the, the key in life, if you can have some, 
and this is probably the stuff that you get right into, it's just having that ability and that influence to be able to possibly change someone's mindset rather than before they have to get to the stage where they figure it out themselves. That's the, uh, yeah, that'd be the, that'd be the superpower I wish I could have, mate. I tell you what it is, brother. It's called fulfillment, righto? So the more you give is the more you get. And I'll give you an example. You um, walk an old lady across the road, you can't put a price on that. Why? Because it feels good. That's called fulfillment. And and humans are no different. You know, I, I want to get more. Yeah, fuck, I want to get more money. You know, Steve Irwin says it perfect. You know, he wants more money so he can buy fucking more land and, and save more animals. I want to get more money so I can have more impact and more influence on, on my demographic and my people, and which is the mining industry, you know. And, um, you know, and I want to create the environment that bring the best out of people. And I talk about talk about um you know individuals how they get growth in a workplace you know they come in and they get a job and then they you know get promoted so they get achievement and that achievement gives them fulfillment it's no different to you studying you would have studied and then as you studied you got um you finished degree and you passed and stuff and that felt good didn't you feel achieved that's called fulfillment so you know growth gives you achievement and achievement gives you fulfillment and that's what we all chase you know no one i I love being i love giving stuff I love it. I can't give enough. And that's the problem. You can give as much as you can. I can be a hippie as you fucking want me to be. But the reality of it is I need to get more so I can give more. Yeah. And nah, that's awesome, where it's at. Mate. And look, well, let's get – I want to go bloody – we'll go deep inside the man Fiddy himself here. <laughs> and this is it because everyone, everyone that probably listens to you um, – they probably when they live till they have a look at you. You're not a bad looking young rooster yourself, <laughs> like buddy. Uh, when you when they listen, they look at this guy running a you know successful successful labour hire company. You got then contracting, got everything going on. You got a podcast. They probably think you're fucking forty five, but <laughs> mate, you're, you're you're 34 and you, you've achieved so much. Just mate, give us an insight of what what drives the bloody machine that's running to you, mate? What, and and did it, it must have started at a young age. Where'd you get this, I guess, the drive and what, what has driven you to get so far so quickly? Oh, it's a deep question. That's a good question, I told question, you I was mate. going oh, deep, brother. Yeah. No, it's good. So I can talk about this pretty openly. And So growing up, I grew up really fucking poor, right? Eh? Like dad was a roof shooter, mum was a cleaner, six sisters, I was the only boy finances weren't in abundance and like like most or some successful people they come from some sort of adversity background I, i'm no different man i you know grew up fucking shadow boxing in the streets of fucking ningen you know and i was very lucky a good football player which got me a start in the mines and all that sort of stuff and you know i don't know anything else besides mining you know that's who i am from a dna point of view but oh unfortunately or unfortunately i grew up in a, in a, in a really good upswing of mining and um you know if i wasn't happy i wasn't there you know i was just one of them fucking blokes that was always chasing the next job or you know i remember one time if you ever listen to this podcast you'll laugh but you know he said finney you're working christmas and i walked up and gave me notice i said i ain't fucking walking working no christmas mate like i'll just get another fucking job <laughs> and that's just sort of sort of bloke i was you know sort of, if i wasn't happy i just wasn't there i never done anything i didn't want to do and and then I, you know, used to sit around the room and you, you hear all the guys criticise like, ah, oh, fucking, you know, fuck these guys or how they do on this or he's a fucking idiot and you see some of these project managers and whatever. And I thought, well, who the fuck am I to criticise? Who am I to criticise, you know, someone? Who am I to criticise the company that I work for? I still get my paycheck every week. So I thought to myself, well, who am I to criticise and why don't I give it a crack myself? And 
I don't know. I I was operator, so I got to probably you know bogger service crew level. Like I oh, fucking yeah, I can tell you a quick story about the bogger. I got to start. Well, so one time the, the bog operator was fucking uh, going on holidays, and they said, "Finny, you know you're fucking on, mate." I said, "Fucking beautiful," and yeah, I jackknifed it like twice in the one shift, mate. And uh, and, 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 and the next day I come in, they, and the second time I did it, I actually tried to keep it a secret and run down and grab the IT myself and just fucking drag myself out. But yeah, the guy caught me. Anyway, the very next very next shift, the, the, there's a fucking relief shim- jumbo, uh, relief um, um, bog operator there, and they said, "Oh yeah, Finny, you back on the truck, mate." <laughs> I said, "Ah, oh, fuck." I was, gut- I was fucking gutted too. But anyway, um. You know, so I started to, you know, I ended up doing a bit of qualification qualifi- down the safety field and probably more the psychological field these days, um, just because I was always, you know, willing to ask questions about why and why, you know, and I had to go down, like, no different to you, I had to go down through a journey. And, um, you know, them journeys had their ups and downs from, you know, um, you know, alcohol and drugs and all the all the other stuff that comes with, the, you know, the social issues that I developed over the years. And I was very lucky that my wife probably was, Probably, you know, I'm sure you can relate to having a, having a wife as well, you know. Oh, mine straightened me out. Fucking can't thank her enough, mate. And they're yeah. born. Every good bloke's a better woman, they say. Yeah. So, I, you know, in your, I'm no different, man. I've got a wife, Rachel. She's a, uh, she was a business banker, Rachel. So, she was pretty successful and, and you know, in, in, in her own right was really good. And she, she helped me a lot evolve as a person and um, help me create that environment to bring the best out of me and I really wanted to be a better human. I wanted to be the best version of myself I could be and that was sort of the driver. And then... I um so I ended up as I was going down the you know the safety and training stuff and doing a bit of psychological work. I went down the field of safety and training guys. Aren't, like, no, I know there's probably going to be safety and training guys that aren't going to like this statement, but they walk into a room and everybody in the room goes, "Look at this fuckwit!" You know they're just going to be <laughs> another copper. Where's your glasses at? Put your gloves on, like fucking hell, mate. It's all about relatability, and um, you know it was easy. So I was working as a safety guy, and I had guys that worked above me, and I won't mention names. Anyone listens to it, they'll they'll know my career and where I worked, and I was just like, yeah, the people that I was answering to were just typical safety squeezes, hey. And I was just like, yeah, this ain't for me. And um, I was literally um, went home to the missus, and I said, you know, fuck it, fuck mine, and I'm out. Like I just can't do it you know just just had enough and i'm gonna do something different and she was like yeah whatever um so i um went to um done a bit of work for a builder and a few things and yeah sure enough i ended up um you know um doing ended up doing up a flyer about becoming a safety and training consultant i thought oh fucking you know what i could i was a good safety bloke why because i was relatable you know i got a mining background I'm a good talker. I'm a good personality. I used to like bludgeon. I used to be an OP smoker, other people's. So I used to like bludgeon durries, and that always, you know. Oh, you gave up buying them. Just didn't oh, give yeah, up. Actually, I got to a point where I'd have to go and buy a pack every now and again from the people that used to give them to me all the time. Like, I, um, you know, just do like a bit of compensation for the amount of durries they gave me when I wanted one. But because, because I bludged that many durries, you'd, you'd pull up for a chat, you know. Hey Matt, got a durry? Yeah, um, have a durry, and we'd have a have a cigarette. And next thing you know, um, you know, me and you got a relationship because we're having a talk, you know, about work fronts or whatever or life in general. And then, you know, I always found that the you know take fives and durries were, were a gem. And um, you know, and then I um, yeah, so I, I put me I put me flyer out there to McMahon's out at CSA um shaft sink out there. Um, and Grant Brinkman was the guy. Um, I, I, I got to catch up with Grant next couple of months when I come over to Perth. He's a good fella. I haven't seen him for a long time, but yeah, mate, you pay you. I was, I was a consultant, so I was getting paid about oh, 85 bucks an hour, 
And, um, mate, you know, you, you, I started to get a bit of pride about face, and I, uh, you know, and um, that was called Face Mining Services as I first started a consultancy show. And um, I was hearing, hearing Baldo's podcast and I can sort of start to resonate. And then I, as I was doing the safety and training thing in Cobar, at the at the Tanya Gilbert was another lady that got me through the door there. She's been on the podcast, really good person, Tanya. Um, and then I um I um thought it was a great idea, me and a mate. We brought the Occidental Hotel in Coba, and uh, yes, yeah, so I brought the pub in Coba, and I and I had the um the consultancy show still running. And not only do I have the consultancy show still running, I started to get a few guys working for me. Um, you know, a couple of shot creators here and there, a bit of service crew and. And then, um, and then um, you're pushing the memory, mate. I'm fucking thinking deep here. And then uh, um, yeah, that started all well. And then I remember one day um, I had the pub and the pub was fucking, it was the best mistake I ever made in my whole entire life because uh, as me bouncer said, he goes, I've never knocked out a sober miner yet. I've always been a drunk one. Same with the shearer, you know, and you get a pretty, you get a lot of pretty rough shearers out there too, you know, some pretty hard men. Um, so it was a pretty, it was a pretty different environment, the old pub game and something that I look back on fondly now because it actually gave me the motivation to keep on pushing forward with face because, you know, mining was going for a bit of a downhill spill at the time and, um, I um, yeah had a few guys working for me, but uh, the reason why I brought the pub too because I actually wanted to house me workers there. But anyway, the market went down a little bit, and I had to grin and bear it for twelve months, and I ended up selling the pub. Fortunately enough, to a guy called Bobby Bruce, um, over over about twenty schooners, mind you. Um, but um, um, after that, I um, yeah started really cranking along with labour hire and doing a bit of consultancy work and. Um, fuck, you wouldn't believe it. I nearly went under really early. And I remember hearing Bowdo speak about his story. I was quite similar. I, fucking, the missus said, if you don't get paid this week, you can't pay your workers. And there's a bit more to the story. And I literally, um, I literally, uh, um, was shit myself because one of the workers, <laughs> he was, he, he he could knuckle, and I thought he's going to fuck. I was young too, <laughs> so you got to remember, everyone fucking ripped me off, dude. You know, I was I was a young person. You know, like you talk about it earlier on in the conversation about you take your hat off to guys who do it. Like I did it when I had nothing to lose. You know, I had nothing to lose. Like you know, maybe a house or something. You know, that was it. Like I was young enough to bounce back when I rented it. And but, you know, when I go and pitch to people about my idea and what I was trying to do from a service point of view. Fuck off, Finny. You know, you're just I was just destined to to be the guy that worked his days on and drank his days off and maybe played a bit of local football, you know. And um, you know, and eventually mate, uh, Brian O'Bray or CSA, they gave me a sniff and Dever you know, once you get your foot in the door, mate, you just got to fucking run at it. And that's what I did. And, you know, I nearly went under very early on. Uh, obviously, you know, I didn't realize a couple of things like, you know, if I didn't get paid, I couldn't pay the workers. And sure enough, I was very lucky the client did pay and I just had to tell the guys it was going to be a couple of days late. And so it made me think, was like, fuck, how do I get bigger here? What do I do? And, um, mate, I, to be truthful, I, I reached out to a couple of people and people sort of just shut their door on me. And there was, there was a guy, and I won't mention his name because he's, a, he's an extremely wealthy fella and um, he's, actually, he's actually best mates with Kerry Packer, of all things, and he's still a really good mate of mine today. And uh, he, um, fuck, he backed me, dude. He, he, put, he put the money down and put the, put, the, um, put the bed on first, you know. He put the, um, oh, yeah, I'll take my hat off to him. He you know, he backed the horse first and, you know, he, he literally funded me and got me off the ground. And now I'm independent. Now we're not business partners at all now. We're still really good mates and I'm, I'm independent now and I'm 
very fortunate for what he did. And um, yeah, if, mate, from there, it just started to go strength to strength. And, you know, it's, but it's all been back to about delivery. Because because I'm a good talker, or you, and you're a good talker in general, people think you're full of shit, you know. So it's, it's also a perception of righto. I can sit here and sound like Anthony Mundine all you want. But the only way you're going to find out how I go is put me in the ring. So you've got to be confident that you can deliver on your work fronts as well. And, you know, it's a... You know, how many times have we seen projects get won by a certain someone and they can't deliver? They're fucking 2,000 metres behind in fucking development and, you know, they've got turnover like a fucking season pass at the swimming pool. You know, it's that catch-22, isn't it? And then you've got the manpower that are swapping over all the time. So, um, mate, yeah, that's that's how I started. And then, and then as the team grew and as I grew as an individual and done a lot more work on myself, um, I started to identify that, you know, money. I ended up having issues as well, man. I had issues. So, of course, I grew up with fuck all. I remember, I remember, it was a bit of a fucking, bit of a deep one, mate. Uh, I remember um, being in Sydney and uh, I had an office, man. I had an office in Pitt Street. Um, had fucking missus as a, you know, part-time model. Um, you know, and, and, a, and a fucking business banker who weren't good money. And, um, you know, here I was. Sorry, though, was that you or a part-time model? Yeah, no, no, I thought yeah, you said you missed yeah. it, mate. I, I was nearly believed it there, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you probably look at the pictures on the website, you think I am. But fucking, yeah, I, I was really um, I was really in a bit of an ironic spot, you know. I got an office in Pitt Street. Mrs. was really successful, you know. I had a nice unit in Sydney. And fuck, mate, I was depressed as fuck. I was on antidepressants and thinking to myself, I'm looking in the mirror going, what the fuck is wrong with you? You've got everything. You've got people who work with for you. You're getting paid while you sleep. You're fucking grinding away. And, oh, it was pretty scary, man. This is how people become really successful and start overwatering their materialized life by buying cars and fucking toys and shit. And I was in a bit of a bad way for no reason. Like, you know, tell me a reason why from the outside in, I had all these things that were ticking all the boxes and I started to really ask some questions to fuck how come how come how come I can be so um, have everything that I want but yet still, still be so down the dump so I had to go on a journey man I had to dig deep and um, you know that's probably bring face to life a bit more and you know the podcast come in and I started to really ask these questions about why I was here why am I on this earth what am I here to do and you know I think about how I grew up from zero to 18 to now I know nothing but mining and I really love and care for the mining environment I, you know, I tried to walk away once before and it made me realise how good it really is so I, I really fucking dived into face and you know it's made me say all these things like if you haven't got your health mental health physical health emotional health you've got fucking nothing you know what I mean and uh, I invested a lot of time and energy to get that shit right from a basic foundation point of view change me diet work exercise um, because you know when the fitter I am the more mental clarity I have you know and looking after myself don't get me wrong I still like sinking 20 or 10 schooners don't get me wrong I don't mind a hangover you know you forget how bad it is you'll still give yourself one and that's who I am from a DNA point of view but it's also being able to have that self-control and resilience and as I started to fine-tune myself and I started to, um, you know, face started to grow and I started to realize that, you know, because I, I, originally when I got to that stage of life, I was really money motivated. And then because I had money and all this other stuff that I, you know, sort of got a bit lost and, and um, you know, the biggest thing that I work on now is time. You know, the only commodity we all got in this life or this world is time. 
You know, everyone's got the same amount of time and you get to choose how effective you want to be with your time. So for me personally, I've got some really good people around me and and a team culture that, um, you know, um, that people work for each other and work hard for each other. And, you know, I knock back work if I can't deliver. You know, I get knocked back for work because people don't want to use me, you know. It's all that catch-22 trying to break into the West, you know, being an Eastern Australian kid, you know, I, I guess... For me, it's just a matter of getting that opportunity and making sure I run it as hard as I can. And, um, you know, from there, you know, I started to really think about how can I give more? And, you know, face, face you know, yeah, we do a lot of labor hire and workforce management and we do it pretty well, I like to think. And, yeah, we do a bit of contracting work and I've got a bit a few machines getting rebuilt now and I see, you know, um, trying to diversify to give people that certainty. And, you know, and, and also I want to make sure that wherever I'm putting labor, I understand their operations and giving it to good people and, you know, selling, selling good labor there as well. But, yeah, I, I guess the podcast come about, about, you know, a great platform where I can be very impactful with full production and, and um, you know, can convey a message, and you know, we'll, me and you'll talk more in the future. I'm, I'm sure it's not going to be the first podcast people me, hear me and you on together. I like to think this is just a start, and um, you know, doing a few things like I'm writing a book this year, um, and um, you know, and it's, it's all about mining and how we do things, and, and, and my perception, and uh, I guess, um, yeah, mate, having a reflection, dude, you just give me a good reflection of fucking where i've come from and to where i am today and i haven't done that in a while my friend put it that way oh mate look if you ever bloody anyone wants to if you've got to put your cv out anywhere just give them that clip mate that is the that is the finny story nah good on you mate and look but the funniest thing it's just the unexpected journeys you go on like even five years ago would have you even imagined the the most of your job would just be getting filmed and recorded on podcasts and youtube videos it's a i'm sure you do a, a bloody fuckload of everything else too but that's uh It'd be taking up so much of your day, but you would never have thought you'd be doing this for a bloody, this would be your main focus, would it? A bit surreal, Duke. So, you know, a big thing for me is self and self-improvement. I lead by example and people will follow, you know, and that's, that's what I want to be. I want to, I want us to be better from the top down. From, from GM, my manager, shift boss to a fucking brand new clean skin to the industry. You know, I, I don't want a new nipper to come in or a diamond jewelry offsider and fucking have a shit time and then all of a sudden they leave down the pub and go oh what was mine like and go oh fucking the bloke had no teeth and he yelled at me all day you know I don't want that I want people to come into the industry and say you know these guys were you know tried to help me out you know and all that sort of stuff because you know, when we first started when I first started fuck my jump operator didn't even call me by my name for the first three months he just fucking just called me nipper you know and uh, I felt like a piece of shit and I think myself like you know the resilience and people are changing as well so you know it's it's yeah, it's a big picture here, man, and and yeah, I'm very fortunate that this is my life, you know, and I I can only do it with the people around me, you know, and I can only deliver on and the same thing. It's like I'm, I can deliver, I can say I can do more, but I can only do as much as I can, um, you know, actually deliver on. And yeah, fuck, dude, I I live in a state of I'm too grateful to fail, Matt. Like I can't fail. I'm too grateful. If I've got my mental health, physical health, emotional health, and I worked at a supermarket, brother, I'm fucking I'm I'm happy as pig and shit. But I'm just me. Why is that deep? That the how's not the issue. It's just how I become more impactful, you know. And how can I give more? And um, you know, to give more, I need to get more because I've still got a family to provide for, and I've got a lifestyle to provide for, and you know, and I've got other people's lifestyles that need me to have good relationships so they can earn money, so they can provide for their family and their lifestyle as 
well, you know. And uh, so, you know, it, do, it does, when you put it into, into concept, it does put a bit of pressure on myself to make sure that I'm rocking up and being the best version of myself, not just for me, but for my kids, my daughter, my wife, my mates, for the for the community. You know, I, yeah, try and hold myself to a pretty high standard, mate. Yeah, no, because then your, your attitude resonates, mate. Because, like, you, well, you imagine if you've just got a, if you being a bloody business owner, podcast producer like yourself, and you're just the tone of your voice is just uh, bloody saying that, oh, look, I'm not, you know, I might, I might make it, I might not. Like, how the fuck's anyone else going to think you're going to make it? Like, you got to, it all starts from, as you say, deep within yourself. If you believe it, and, the, and I'm the same, I believe as much as the stresses out the misses all the time I put into this podcast, I know it's going to, I know this is going to be a bloody good thing. And I've only been doing it two months, and I'm sure you're the same with yours. And it's just, as you say, and it's not about the, the concept of competition. It's about, like, the, the more people, the more I promote, like, say tell people about full production it's it's promoting mining podcasts it's not about bloody who's the competition and same as yourself and uh, other labor companies it's not about it's about promoting labor hire as a whole the more people the more focus there is on it the more bloody business everyone gets and and that just resonates through mining so i reckon yeah we're, we're on to a bloody winner mate I, i'm just waiting for when koshi has us on on sunrise mate <laughs> oh, have you had an offer yet uh, mate i've, I've, I've been, yeah look so I, I, i've had a fucking lot of offers dude Opportunities are in abundance. Um, it's funny. Before I go down opportunity avenues with fucking people like Koshi, is um, I remember Baldo. You know, fucking labour high has got a bad stigma, man. Like it's fucking. You know, I remember Baldo said it too. You know, it, you know, there's some, there's some fucked up labour hire companies out there that are numbers. You know, you play the number game versus the human game. You know, you're going to get different results. You know, treat a person like a number, you'll get a number. Treat a person like a human, you'll get a human. And um, yeah, it's definitely an industry that I, I'm keen to improve personally because it's also a good way for people to try and buy a new employer and, and an employer to try and buy a new employee. Like, is, is a, there's a there's a market for it. Just the perception of it's got to change. And yeah, in regards to what the podcast has done for me personally dude uh in the business and everything else yeah mate I've, I've met some good people you know i get meet guys like you i get to meet some really good people you know helen fitzroy there's some awesome humans out there in this world that are all sort of motivated and driven that way so um you know i i do get the opportunity to speak to keynote speaking and I, I have been opportunity to go to canada to be on a couple of shows over there so um the crownsman podcast and a few other ones and you know it's it's humbling and it's nice to be wanted but you also you know it's got to come back to your values you know like if i go over there then i miss out on my kids for two weeks you know and, and all that sort of stuff too you know you, you it's good to be wanted and like you said people try and offer you to wear clothes or do something for them that, that's great but at the end of the day you know we, we've still got to be motivated by the reason why we're really here and uh yeah yeah mate i i I think to myself um you really and for me i can talk this shit all day and you can probably tell that i haven't missed a beat when i've been asked a question because you know this is who i am from a dna point of view you know i don't know anything else dude and um, I'm really keen for us to be better and I'm really keen to create, you know, I can only be as good as my team behind me as well. There's no point in me going win and work and then I win the work and throw the ball to my team and they're all in the toilets crying because all of a sudden we're not fucking delivering, you know. So I need to make sure whatever work I bring in and whatever impact I have and whatever medium for them, um, it's going to be able to be backed up to be able to add some serious value, you know. But at the end of the day... It's not what you do as a once-off, like get on a TV show or do... It's what you do consistently. You know, it's like going to, say, to miners. You want to lose a bit of weight. You don't go to the gym fucking once. You've got to go every fucking day. 
you know, to do something different. Be consistent. Consistency is a big word, big word, dude. That we've all got to, you know, quit smoking. You can't, you know, um, you know, only, only, you can't only um, smoke when you have a beer. You're either smoking or you're not smoking. And um, you know, it's it's get it's getting to that stage where you like, and that's the hardest thing with smoke and drugs and everything, and then trying to promote people to get to the point because you got to accept. You got to accept that you're never having one again for the rest of your life, and that's what people, as you say, listen to so many people that smoke. They say, "Oh, I might have one when I drink, yeah, or yeah. I might bloody, I might, oh, I'll take, oh, I might take some bloody drugs on special occasions." But when you you got to get to the, it's promoting people to get to that stage where they can say, oh, "I'm, I'm quite happy if I, I'll never have any of that shit ever again in my life." I've got to that stage. I wish, uh, and it's uh, that's a, it's a look. It's a tough one to get to. It's fucking that's the thing, and that's p- people don't understand about addiction and all that sort of shit. Like it's it's because it's all good. Like it that's that's it makes you feel unrealistic to what normal life is. So everyone um, grows everyone yeah. grows up different too, dude. You know, from like you know, you think of uh, probably a bit of a funny analogy, but think of it as a human as a schooner glass. You know, whatever your parents are is what you become. You know what I mean? Um, and and ultimately, you know, people grow up with different ways and different perception of what, you know, um, money does and what alcohol and drugs do and all that sort of stuff, you know. Um, so, you know, you're a product of your environment, mate. Let's show me your friends and I'll show you your future. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's a real art. Where, where the real art is, man, is to identify who you are and then want to try and change it. Not just accepting that this is the way I am because dad was grumpy, so I'm grumpy. Like, you know, do you actually fucking want to be grumpy? You know, do you want to be this person? Um, you've got a choice to be able to change and live life how you want to live it. And that's what people need to realize. People need to grab hold of the fucking wheel and steer their own ship. Yep. Nah, too, for sure, mate. Look, God, it's going to be funny people listen to this. Sorry, we haven't even talked about much about mining, but yeah, it's, no. oh, we're going deep. Yeah. But that's that's what it's all about. And that's the, uh, I, I love it out how much you're into this shit because I've, uh, I've definitely I've, I'll learn a lot off you too and it's definitely avenues I've got to explore the bloody you know it's getting into that mode of self-improvement and as you say you just got to be that confident in yourself that you can't fail because you're that appreciative of, of what we've what we've got and then and as you say the people you meet doing this podcast like mate the yourself and like Helen Fitzroy and like the people people i've met so far just in a two month period is just unbelievable i'll get to i got to talk to bloody uh guys that i'll watch on uh i'll release these episodes in a couple of days scott scott phillips and um ben kingsley property and shares gurus that i watch on television and i'm just talking to these blokes and i'm like fuck me you're famous yeah yeah i'm just i'm a busted ass jump operator and yeah i'm getting the opportunity it's just the windows this is avenues this is opened as it's just unbelievable, and there's uh yeah, there's plenty more to come for both of us in the podcast and here, and I can't can't wait to uh oh mate, we're gonna do round threes and four, oh. and oh where we we might even do one where we talk about mining actually, but uh, yeah, <laughs> nah, it's a fucking awesome yeah. finny. Anyway, mate, well we'll have to start wrapping up. I've got to fly out to work in a couple of hours and uh, go actually make some yeah, money. Yeah, you're right. And uh, yeah, but nah, mate, it's been bloody awesome, and uh, mate. You're a, you're an absolute fucking machine. That's the only way to explain you. You've uh, good at congrats on achieving so much, and um, but look, man, but do it in do it in such a positive way. You're not a fuckwit. You you you're getting the best out of people, and even talking to you for an hour, you're getting the best out of me as well. And I bloody mate, appreciate fitting me into your schedule. No. So yeah, that's uh, mate. Have you got a? We, we usually sign off with a message. Bit of a short, simple message. I don't know. This might be hard for you to do a short, simple message. <laughs> I'm, not a, I'm not a short, simple person. Um, um, you know what? Fucking real simple. 
Um, life's a garden, dig it. Nah, yeah. good on you, mate. Yeah, look, old bloody look, mate. If you can't find Finney on the internet, you're bloody useless, <laughs> I reckon. So yeah, look, we'll put a, we'll put some links to Face Contract and Facebook. He's uh, mate, fa- they call it Face because the face is everywhere. So, buddy, uh, yeah, awesome, mate, Finney, and uh, thanks very much, mate. Uh, what well, oh shit? What was the saying again? It, it, what is it? Life's a Dig garden. It. What is it? Life's a garden digger. So right, hey, listeners, <laughs> over and out, and just remember, life's a garden. Dig the bastard. <laughs> See you, mate.